Welcome to the Renegade Nutrition Podcast, where we discuss all things wellness. I'm Eleni Welch, nutritionist. And I'm Kay Boyer, health enthusiast. Welcome back, Renegades. Welcome, Renegades. Welcome. Today we have a really cool guest that I'm already like wanting to pick her brain on all things um, wellness and good life and um, yoga. So I am, I'm like tickled pink and I'm going to ask you all the questions today, Fiji. Okay. Yes, this is awesome. We're so excited. And if you are listening and noticing that the audio is different, or if you're one of the people that watches our video podcasts, then you'll know Kay and I are not in the same room today. It's we are weird. separated by a blizzard, Yep. but te- technology allowed us to, <laughs> to continue to hold this call. So for all the people who so wonderfully email me when the audio is bad, don't worry. It's a one-time thing. And thank yep. you for your input. <laughs> we know it. Thank you. <laughs> Please thank you. <laughs> well, welcome to the podcast, Fiji McAlpine. I am so excited to have you on. We are going to talk all things gut health, stress, mindfulness, yoga, and how it can help us, especially women, balance their hormones, keep their gut health in check. I am so excited mm-hmm. to talk with you and to pick your expert, beautiful brain. So, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for bearing the blizzard to make it happen. Uh-huh. <laughs> for sure. Well, let's just dive right in. Um, you know, Kay and I, we always say we're very, we're very uh, story oriented people. Mm-hmm. And we always like to know the story of the person who's talking with us and what brought them to the place that they are in their life today. So Fiji, would you mind sharing with us what what brought you to like the online yoga game? Uh, what made you decide to pursue that avenue? And what's a little bit about like tell us a little bit about your health journey because I'm sure there is one. There's always a health journey that somebody who gets into health has had yeah. their own. So and, and why talk you to chose us about that wellness and yoga over other avenues? So yeah, yes, exactly. Okay, lots of great questions. So and I love the story because you're right. We all do have a story. So my story with yoga started um, in my early 20s, and I actually came to yoga because of a back injury Mm. and uh, was going to physio for a while and not really finding any relief from physio. And they suggested I go and try a yoga class. So I went to a yoga class and it actually did help. And it was one of the first times where the pain went away for a little while. So I started going back frequently just to escape the the pain. I would take the class, I would be pain-free for a few hours, then it would start to creep back in. So I just, I almost became addicted to yoga quite quickly because I was trying to alleviate the discomfort. And like many things in life, it came in at that time for a reason that was much deeper than the back pain. Mm-hmm. And I was in university at the time, fairly stressed because I was taking on a lot and was also starting to develop an eating disorder Oh wow! in California at the time. And <laughs> the culture in California is very look a certain way, be a certain mm-hmm. way, just trying to also perform in university and wanting to, you know, be the perfect student. And it was the perfect storm for that eating disorder to sort of take root. So I began to really ignore my body and tune out of all sensations during Mm -hmm. that stage. Yoga Mm -hmm. came in unexpectedly. Um, At the time, if I was 
thinking about it, I would have been more resistant to yoga because it is a healing modality. And mm-hmm. I was not of the mindset to heal. I was mm-hmm. of the mindset to be not healed. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just slowly kind of creeps in and does its work. That's the beauty of yoga is that it works on the subtle body and the subtle energies. So without knowing it, I was healing energy. I was healing trauma. I was healing things that I've been holding on to. I was shifting my mindset. Yoga also is a really great way of shifting your self-perception. So I thought I was going to yoga to help heal my back, but really I was healing a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. Oh, how beautiful. And so I've, I speak quite openly about it now too, that I really do believe that it's yoga that saved my life because it changed that trajectory where I began to feel my body again. And by taking care of my body, I began to care for my body. Mm-hmm. It was this weird thing that happened. And I don't know exactly when that shift happened. What is it about yoga? And I just talked to my friend last week. She was like, yoga also like um, helped heal the mental. And what do you think it is that yoga is a physical, but wh- why does it like help heal our soul? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I do. And it's really interesting because a lot of people point that out. You know, it's just like any other physical practice, but it's really not. So mm-hmm. we have our physical body and then we have what we consider in this day and age, the mental psychological body. Mm-hmm. Where they overlap is the subtle body, so the pranic or the energy body, and this is or the subconscious yeah. is what you might know it more as. Yoga works at that level; it works on Whoa. the subconscious, and that's not just the physical movements. The asana poses that we're doing are working on the subconscious body or the subtle body energies, but it really has to do with the breathing. And what I love now is I've been studying yoga for 20 years. And so I've known this for 20 years, but now modern science is catching up to ageless wisdom. And lo and behold, breathing slowly through your nose actually can impact the way that you think. Yes, 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 amen. Yeah, so it's this whole thing of now the two terms that people finally understand are sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. I was actually brought over to speak to a group of lawyers uh, a month ago and do a little wellness moment for them. And my daughter asked, you know, why are you going to Vancouver, mom? I'm like, well, I'm going to go, I'm speaking to some lawyers. She's like, are you going to teach them yoga? And I said, no, I'm going to teach them how to breathe. And she looked at me funny. She's like, they lawyers don't know how to breathe. (laughs) A lot of people don't know how to breathe. And so it's this, the slow and low breathing slips you from the sympathetic nervous system into the parasympathetic. Mm. So now when you're in the parasympathetic nervous system, all of your guards are down. You're in a place where your body can be calm and connected. And in that space, that's where healing can happen. Mm-hmm. healing can't happen when we're gripping and when we're fortified mm-hmm. we're not open mm-hmm. to it we're in resistance healing happens when we are open receptive and ready and it's so many people just want to get to that place of like i want to be ready for healing i want to be ready but they don't know how to unclench mm-hmm. and so i think really it's the breathing that is the sneaky teacher in yoga that really changes and transforms everything is that low and slow breathing, once you really get that, and then you add the movements to it, now you're working at a very different level than 
an aerobics class or a hit class or or anything else it's that breath that really takes it down into the next level um my wow, energy so healer cool. was always trying to teach me she's like okay you're a human being you're doing but you need to become a a human being. And we've said this before on the podcast, but what I'm noticing with the modern world is very stressful for women and everyone. It's like, I'm seeing this like revelation of everyone that like, we have to learn how to be now. Like we're such a go, go, go like um, society that it's like, holy cow. Like we just need to learn how to breathe slowly, just how to be in our body in the moment. It's just the weirdest mind trip that that's like where society's coming to. Like we all just need to learn how to be crazy. Yeah. The pendulum is swinging. I was just speaking about this yesterday of like, for so long, it was about getting busier and doing more. And that yep. that was so sought after and celebrated. Mm-hmm. And I feel like 2024 is where we're shifting and going, you know what? Simplicity sounds really good right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, meditation and mindfulness and being in nature, that sounds pretty good. It's it's we're seeking out the, those more simple experiences because yeah. we've gone too far yeah. over onto one side and we're feeling the impact now. And we're seeing it in our bodies, we're seeing it, you know, in the rise of inflammation, we're seeing it in our minds with all of the anxiety and depression. So our our body being is kind of giving us all the warning signs that Mm -hmm. you're way too far over on one side. You need to bring things back to center. Yeah. Wow. Incredible. And that's really what we need right now. So that's incredible. So, okay. Now, sorry, back to your journey. So then yoga and then, um, so then when did you decide, like, I want to be the instructor and I want to really take this on, but, or just keep going on your story. Yeah. So that, that happened by accident, actually. Um, I was going to university at the time to become an elementary school teacher because mm. I wanted to change the world and save the planet. And so I think that if I taught kids to, you know, respect nature, that that would be how I could do that. Mm. And, um, during going to this yoga class that I'd been going to for now over a year, one day the teacher didn't show up. Funny enough, there was a storm on the highway hmm. and, and, uh, this was California though. It, was, it wasn't snow. It was. Something oh like yeah. That. But if it rains there, people yeah, yeah, are so like was, in a frenzy. A yeah. The, the <laughs> yeah. I-5 was shut down. So yeah, she couldn't, she couldn't make it, but there was all these, there was 50 of us in a, in a room waiting for the class to start. And then someone came in and said, she's not going to make it. Sorry, guys, you got to go home. And the guy sitting next to me, I still remember his name is John Gall. And he was such a, a nice man. And he looked over to me and he said, we're not going home. He said, no one wants to go home. We want to do yoga. Fiji, mm-hmm. you come to these classes all the time and you're studying to become a teacher. So I think this is good practice for you. Get up there and teach us. Yeah. <laughs> Love you, John. <laughs> and it was so in the moment that I didn't have the opportunity to get scared or second guess it. And I just was like, I felt like I was getting, I didn't feel like I had a choice. It was like, oh, okay, John. Yes. Yes, John. (laughs) Yep. And I just went up to the front of the class, taught the class. Incredibly, it just flowed. I didn't even think about it. I just taught this class. It was amazing. I enjoyed it. At the end of the class, everyone applauded and said it was amazing. And they went to the front desk and they actually told the front desk that they should hire me as the teacher. That's incredible as this young whippersnapper. That's amazing. Yeah. And so it was really funny how it faded as well. The teacher who was on her way to teach the class who couldn't make it, um, she was actually signing a contract on buying a house in another town 
and then was on her way back. So she was leaving anyways. So it was this weird thing where they actually the next week approached me, gave me the class. And so wow. this is way before, you know, where people were getting certified as yoga teachers. This was, you know, over 20 years ago. So I was just teaching this class, not knowing what I was doing. But once that happened and I taught a few classes, I realized I then wanted to be a teacher, then sought out a teacher for myself and began to take my deep dive and study yoga. So that's what opened up many, many hours of, of, uh, discovery. My, my mentor is who I met Peter Stereos, and he's still continues to teach me to this day. He's based out of California as well. And, um, yeah, I'm still learning and training. And I now have my 500 hour yoga teacher training certification so I can teach wow. other people also how to become yoga teachers at this point. And I've been teaching for 20 years. And then the online thing kind of happened out of the blue. I moved from California back to Canada and was teaching in this beautiful little studio in Victoria with some incredible teachers. And one of them was David Precision. And uh, David had this great idea. He wanted everyone in the world to do yoga. Mm. And he knew there were so many barriers that were preventing people from doing yoga. So he decided to create a website all by himself where he was going to provide free yoga classes to people around the world. Love and it. So love the heart. The only person that was on the website in the beginning was him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that was very limited. That's how it starts. That's how it yep. starts. Yep. It is, yep. right? And so he sent an email out to everyone at the yoga studio and said, um, who will come and film to be on my website? I can't pay you. Mm -hmm. I only have one camera, which I'm going to have to move several times around you to get all the angles. So filming one class will take about four hours uh -huh. of your time. Then you'll have to come and record the audio and do a voiceover for four more hours and another time. And then I'll edit it and then it'll go on the site. So the whole process would take like four months in the beginning to get one class up there. And everyone said no except for me. And I was just like, yes, this is a great idea. Yep. <laughs> so I like him and I, like it, the beginning was hilarious. Like I, we would set up and, you know, on tops of mountains or beaches and people would walk behind us. So we would have to stop. And it was, it really was a funny journey and we got yeah. better at it. And he got two cameras and then he got three cameras. So we didn't have to keep filming the same segment over and over so we just evolved together. The classes began to accumulate. The, the website started getting a bit of traction. And then other teachers were like, oh, okay, this is maybe a cool idea. Mm -hmm. So then we got some of the other amazing Victoria teachers to jump on board. And now we have some really talented teachers on there that teach a variety of classes. So we've got from beginner all the way to advanced. We have Hatha style. We have... Um, Ashtanga, Vinyasa, we've got Yoga Nidra, we have Yin Yoga, Restorative Yoga, different types of stretching. So there's there's something for everybody on the site. It doesn't matter where you're starting from, you'll find something that you like in a teacher that resonates with you. So now it's something really exciting and big. Wow. That is so cool. So serendipitous, like all of it. Yeah. Well, and it's like, Fiji, I just have, I have so many thoughts, like hearing your, your story, but it's just so amazing. And I'm even like, it's funny as we're talking, I'm seeing these parallels between our lives. So I grew up in Santa Barbara, California. So I know the California thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I'm thinking about this moment that this 
like, so I believe in God, I believe he orchestrates everything. So that's who I attribute those moments to. Right. But whatever you attribute it to, there's just these moments in life where it's Mm -hmm. one simple thing and it changes the trajectory of your whole life. If you allow it to. Mm -hmm. And I just was thinking about that as you were telling your story of this guy in your class, yeah, such a simple moment, just turning to you and being like, it's, it's almost an encouragement, like Fiji, you could do this. Like you could do this. You teach the class. And I was thinking back to when I was in high school and I was about to graduate and I was planning to go into psychology and I wanted to go into psychology because it was a soft science. And, um, I loved science. I loved biology. I loved environmental science. I was like in all these like science clubs, but I didn't think of myself as smart oh God, I'm going to like cry. How interesting. You're like leading us through a healing journey right now. Yes. 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 I didn't think I was smart. So I didn't want to, I wanted to go into biology and environmental science because much like you, Fiji, I wanted to save the world. I love nature. (laughs) I wanted to protect it. I wanted to save it. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to do biology and environmental science, but I didn't think I was smart enough because when I looked at the classes, my college required for that, there was biochemistry, there was calculus, there was organic chemistry. And I didn't think I was smart enough to take Which those classes. And that's because like, you're like the smartest person I know you <laughs> rattling off all these words. I'm like, oh crap. Yep. But keep going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've spent a lot of time learning, you know, but it, it didn't come naturally to me. And and so I was not going to go into something I was passionate about because I didn't think I was smart enough to pass all those classes. And I remember this kid, in my class named Tom, Thomas McMahon, who I thought was like the smartest kid in our school. And he like just turned to, we were like sitting at lunch one time and somebody asked him like, cause he's the smartest kid we know. He's like, Thomas, who do you think is the smartest person in this school? And he said, Elaney. And I was like, what, what? Like, I'm like way worse than you in like math and science. He's like, no, but you're smart at like so many different things. He's like, I'm good at math. Like this person's good at science, but you're good at all of them. Like Mm. it was this moment of somebody just like you experienced just this like encouragement. And I went home and I emailed the school and I said, I'm going to change my program. I'm going to enroll in biology and environmental science. Cause like for the first time in my life, somebody like made me feel like I was smart enough to do that. Gosh. Anyway, it's like, what an amazing thing that we have this opportunity all the time. And like, I feel like I just want to, I want to say this for our listeners to like encourage people. And literally Thomas McMahon and I have not talked since I graduated high school. I have not seen him since he started me. That single comment started me on the entire trajectory that landed me where I am today. I would not be doing this podcast. I would not have gotten my master's degree in human nutrition. Like I would not be doing anything at all. I, I probably wouldn't even, yeah, I, I don't even know if I'd still be in Iowa. Like everything I have and am today is because of that one single comment that that one person made and your story of John in your class being like, you teach it and how it just set up this trajectory. Having somebody have confidence in you can literally be life-changing. And so I feel like, gosh, not to take us on this total segue, but for our listeners, I'm just in this mode of hearing the story and thinking we have so much impact with our words. And when we choose to use our words to support and encourage somebody, we could literally be changing the world and not know it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause look at you, BG, you're like out here with this whole like amazing 
like website and helping people heal through like physically, but also mentally, emotionally, energetically. Think of how many people have been helped to heal, to live their lives better because you ended up where you were because John in your class said, you can teach this class. Like he encouraged you. How cool is that? It's amazing. (laughs) It is so amazing. And I love what you say too. I do believe in serendipity and I do believe there are those moments where something seems to happen and you pause and pay attention Mm -hmm. and it does seem like a path in front of you lights up. Mm-hmm. there's many different ways you could go, but one of them is glowing. Yeah. And it's like, mm-hmm. I'm clearly meant to walk this way. I don't know why, but this is the way to go. And this is when to say yes. And so there's been, there have been so many of those moments. They're moments of alignment. Mm-hmm. And also as well, we get these opportunities with other humans, which is so great where we get to see ourselves through their eyes. Mm-hmm. And so for you, you got to see yourself and all of, the things you had to offer through the eyes of another who did see your gifts. Mm -hmm. And so when we have that moment and we actually see ourselves through clarity, which is probably how he was seeing you, because sometimes when we see ourselves, we're not seeing ourselves with clarity. We have so Mm -hmm. many layers of judgment on top of that. You actually got to see what you were capable of and you were able to listen to what your inner calling actually was, was you knew you wanted to, to sign up for that program. Right. There was doubt that was in the way and that self-judgment. But the moment you saw yourself with clarity, you were able to walk towards what you really did want. Mm -hmm. And so I think there is something that's really beautiful about that. And that, that is what yoga has taught me is to listen. Yoga really teaches me how to listen. It's every time you step onto your mat, you have to actually listen to your body. And you, you, the, the depth of your listening is actually what grows the most. The pose is not the point. And it's unfortunate that with, again, the way that social media and um, the way that things sell these days, that what people think of as yoga is, you know, some beautiful woman doing some crazy contortion pose in a really amazing yoga <laughs> outfit. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, or very little yoga outfit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um, the, that's not what it is. The pose is not the point. The point of the practice is to be put into some uncomfortable frames in your body and to be able to maintain a sense of inner composure and calm mm-hmm. and to be able to reconfigure the way that you meet that resistance. Because we're going to encounter resistance in in our life all the time, right? So we seem to only know two ways of meeting resistance, which is fight or flight. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, and uh, those have different words. So Eleni, you are experiencing flight, which is avoidance. Mm-hmm. You know, that resistance is there. I'm just going to shy away from it. I'm going to back away. I'm going to, I'm going to turn. Or someone else will attack it and fight it, right? And so neither of them are very effective at allowing us to move towards what we want or to be aligned with what we want. And we use that word in yoga all the time. It's alignment. Bring yourself into alignment. And it's more than a physical thing. It's an energetic, mental, emotional thing. So that deeper, deeper listening is allowing you to go, okay, I don't have to fight. I don't have to flight. What's the third option? And it's (laughs) pausing Mm -hmm. and stopping and in the pause is where you listen or you see things as they truly are Mm -hmm. and then once you have that clarity 
you know how to how to step forward. And so really that's yoga has just taught me that time and time and time again. And it's if I could teach my students anything, that's what it would be is yoga is that relationship with self, that deep listening and that deep inner alignment and letting go of all of the the stuff that layers on top of it. Yeah, I have a question. I love that. On your journey of um, being in the yoga space and really growing your business online and with your other, the business people in um, Victoria, was there ever a time where you felt like, um, like, oh man, this is hard. I don't know if I want to. Did you find yourself just pushing through or did you go in and listen to yourself and that would kind of realign you? Or did you ever like got mad at yoga and quit for a little while? Like how, how did that kind of go? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. All, all of it actually. Okay. Um, good, good, good. Cause yeah. I quit yoga for a little bit. So that's why I'm asking. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So I had a similar, some, something similar to Eleni too. It was a self doubt of, I always knew I loved yoga, but I never believed in myself that yoga could be my job. Yes. Amen. I'm um, sure a lot of people feel that. Yes. Yes. Amen. I can't do something that I love because that's not, maybe I'm not worthy of that. Right. Mm-hmm. I need to do a work job that I don't necessarily like, and then I'll do yoga on the side. So I did that for a long time. I actually, mm-hmm. I did end up getting my degree and um, teaching elementary school and in other schools as well. And then after school would end, I would switch my clothes and go to a yoga studio and teach a class in the evening because that was my passion. And so Mm -hmm. I was doing it while I had my day job. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's interesting how, you know, serendipity keeps pushing you. If you stray, it kind of shifts you. I ended up getting into um, education at a private school that was for kids with uh, cognitive learning disabilities. Mm -hmm. So there I actually had the opportunity to learn and train in neuroscience because it was a program that was based on neuroplasticity back in the day where that wasn't a big term Mm -hmm. and was cutting edge. And so we were using um, different technologies to help kids overcome their learning disability through neuroplasticity. So I was able to learn a lot. And as I was learning, I'm like, God, this all is so related to yoga. I feel like I'm learning about yoga and it just kept pulling me back there. So Mm -hmm. it was always poking me and yoga with me I would go and film classes again as my passion on the side and then suddenly the website started getting traction and they wanted more and it was like well but I don't have time because I'm a teacher and Mm -hmm. it took a very long time for me to finally make the leap and say all I want to do is yoga and I believe in myself and my ability to do that as my job and there there were some people in my life who were encouraging of that And then there were other people in my life who were like, play the safe game. Don't Mm -hmm. do that. You can't. No, go and get a job where you make this much money and you've got Mm -hmm. security. And so um, it's been amazing, though, since I've been following my dream and my passion, all of that rub inside of me Mm -hmm. is gone. Amazing. I know that I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing. And then the feedback that I end up getting from the world is yes, you are, it is reaffirming, but it it does take a lot of courage to make that jump. And I have had breaks in my practice for different reasons. I have two kids. Mm -hmm. Um, My first child, I was able to practice full on right up until essentially the day I gave birth. 
my second pregnancy was very different. And I had to stop practicing yoga at about four and a half months into the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And that was really hard. So there was, you know, about six, seven months where I wasn't practicing at all. And I've had different injuries throughout, you know, my experience where um, I've pulled a hamstring quite badly and, you know, wasn't able to do much of anything. So you have these breaks. Actually, just recently I wrote about this. I had my first surgery of my whole life. I had to get a wisdom tooth pulled out and I wasn't allowed to practice for a week. And during that week, I really noticed the difference in my mood, in my energy, Mm. in the way that I was showing up, in my sleep, everything. It was so obvious how that impacts my way of being because it's now been so rooted. And so I I actually spent some time writing about it and having so much empathy for everybody else who's not practicing yoga regularly, because I'm like, wow, you guys are uncomfortable and (laughs) you don't sleep well. And your, your temper, like, you know, your patience is really small. Like I I found myself not being patient with my kids uh, just so much. And I'm like, that's my baseline is way up here because of yoga. And now I go back to being a normal mortal. Uh (laughs) It's rough. It's rough. rough And having to do all the things. So um, yeah, it's, I've, I've, I have had all of those ups and downs and I think everyone who ends up working towards their passion has them. I don't think Mm -hmm. the road is meant to be necessarily super easy, Mm -hmm. but there is something inside of you that continues to pull you forward. And it's listening to those key moments and deciding that you want to eventually get there. I yes, love that. And still working your butt off. Cause like hearing you, like all the avenues that yeah. you do, you still like you give talks to lawyers and you do retreats and you still have classes and you're online. Like you have so many facets that you do. I'm like, Oh, this girl works. Like you're working for it. So the dream is slow, but it's also hard work. Yes, it is. And right now, yes, it's definitely all of those things. Mm. And it's part of it is my fault too, is that um, I get so excited about all the different avenues and there's this idea of like, oh, you need to just sort of focus on one thing. And there's something to be said for that, but I, I love the retreat experience. Like I just absolutely love it. And being able to be with people in that way where they're able to unplug and really have the time to take a dive inward and I love the teacher training, which is kind of the opposite of that. It's like being in school and heavy learning and building new skills and uh, just, you know, the regular studio classes, because there's a sense of community. I've got people who've been practicing with me in person for years, and now I know them and they're dear friends. And I get to watch yoga change their life, which is really cool mm-hmm. when you get someone who starts your practice, and then you get to watch them over five years and see how their life changes because of their practice. So there's a lot going on. Yeah. And the other, the other part too, is like, I'm modeling something for my kids that's unique. And Mm. I, I love that. And I think that Eleni, if my daughter can get to that moment in high school and know there are so many ways of doing things and I can follow my passion and I can believe in myself, Mm. if I can model that for her so that she hits that point and has a different mindset than we had, that is, is pushing the needle forward, right? For women and evolution. Absolutely. Yes. I love that. I think about that with my daughter too. I'm like, oh, I, I love that I had somebody to encourage me. And also I hope you have the confidence to not 
have to have that. Like, I hope you believe in yourself enough that you just know I could do whatever I want to do. And it might be really hard work, but that's okay. Like we could do what we want to do. Well, I just am like, I'm loving this conversation. And I also really want to have the opportunity to dive into the whole discussion of stress and how it impacts our hormones and our gut health and how yoga can help with that. So if you're feeling ready for that transition, like let's talk a little bit about stress, PG. What does stress do to our body? How do we encounter stress, first of all, in our day-to-day life? And maybe some of those stresses, like what does it look like? Because I think stress can be sneaky. Mm -hmm. Um, So what does stress look like? And then how does it impact our bodies? That's a really great transition. And actually it ties into right where I left off because I'm thinking about a few key students in mind right now who I've seen a transformation in. And I would say that they entered into the yoga space very stressed Mm -hmm. for a variety of reasons and being able to watch them unravel that stress, that holding, gripping, bracing personality and turn into transform into someone different has been nothing less than miraculous. And people actually come up to these individuals and say, you're like a different person. And then you go, so that's what I want to start with saying, this is possible. This shift is possible. And it's very tangible. Like everything good, it does, of course, take some dedication and time. And but it's very possible. So stress, I think most people now know that feeling. The minute you hear the word, you you associate it somewhere in your body. And where you feel stress when you think about it is quite telling. That's important information. Our body holds a wisdom that our mind can't quite fathom yet, and we're just catching up to. Science is just giving words to truth that exists, regardless of whether or not we know it. Mm-hmm. It exists. If we know about the gut microbiome or not, it's there. So mm-hmm. <laughs> doing its thing. So knowing, listening to the body is great. So when when we think stress, where does your body con- like contract? So for a lot of people, they yeah. feel it around the throat. Yeah. Chest, so you shoulders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some people, it's the gut. Mm. Right. So where some people get stress and it's the head, the right tension mm-hmm. at the temples, tension mm-hmm. in the forehead. So this is very telling and yoga really studies that subtle body energetic system. Some people may have heard the term chakras before, and these are just different areas where we might associate with stress or restriction. It's just the flow of energy. So everyone has that area where they're listening to stress in their body. And that's really great, especially if you are going to be using a healing modality like yoga to be informed as to which part of your body is going to help you alleviate stress. So for Eleni, we would be doing lots of shoulder opening, lots mm-hmm. of chest softening, maybe some back bending to really help with that, right? That area of the shoulders to release there. So that stress, sounds amazing. Yeah, and it comes, <laughs> it comes at us from so many different ways. There's, It's very hard to not be stressed in the modern world. I loved, hey, mm. you were sharing that there's Amish where you are. And mm. It's funny, I actually fantasize about being joining an Amish community because I just seek out that simplicity so much. Mm-hmm. Um, it would just sound like a vacation from the go, go, go that we're under. Yes. 
Yes. So no, it's, I it's, wanted, I completely wanted to join, but I actually went to an event, but then the guy was kind of bossing the woman around. So I was like, uh, okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need to create our own, our own, our own community where we yes, women are leading the way. Yep. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so, the simplicity is what we need. And, and this is really um, the key to stress is that our body has been designed over millions of years. And all of the current things that are happening to us that are causing stress have only actually been happening in really the last hundred years that are causing a lot of the anxiety and the stress. So our body is not designed to be meeting this modern world and is reacting to it in a way that it was designed for a long time ago. So the point I made to the lawyers actually to explain this was your body doesn't know the difference between you getting chased down a trail by a bear or being chased throughout your day by a trail of emails, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Both are perceived threats. Mm-hmm. Both of these things are causing some type of distress. And when you get the distress signal in your body that something is wrong, you go into the sympathetic nervous system, which is mm-hmm. our fight or flight. And so now that is elevating our heart rate. We're constricting our blood vessels. We're increasing our blood pressure. We're actually narrowing the focus of our eyes, which makes us not be able to see the big picture and only hyper-focus on the problem itself. So we're getting put into this contraction-like state continually for no good reason. We should be putting that, that state of contraction when there's a bear. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. right. We want to see the bear. We want to hyper up and we want to run but -hmm. if we're getting put into that all the time because we're five minutes late for karate dropping off the kid or we're we forgot to send that email or you know we messed up on that zoom call and couldn't make it work all of these little things or this thing keeps telling us Mm -hmm. something 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 Mm -hmm. there's no break from the stress so we're never getting fully out of that sympathetic nervous system and into the parasympathetic nervous system. And in the parasympathetic nervous system, we're able to soften, relax, restore, and heal. But the Mm -hmm. other thing that we're doing in that parasympathetic nervous system is digesting. Mm. And that's the other issue that's happening. And that's the other stress on our body is our body is being confronted by all of these external pings, so to speak, or things we have to do, but it's also being hit like a pellet gun with toxins mm. and inflammatory things. So the, the air we're breathing, it's not really necessarily always clean. And <laughs> as you know, even when we're indoors, we think, oh, okay, we're safe in here from pollutants, but indoor air actually is not clean either. Mm-hmm. And the things we're putting on our body, all, all of the chemicals, the body wasn't designed for these chemicals, the things we're putting into our body that we're eating, the highly processed foods, the body doesn't know how to deal with that. So all of these are also putting us into the stress response. And we can rest and digest in the parasympathetic. Mm-hmm. So if we're never in that parasympathetic because we're bombarded, then our body isn't truly absorbing anything it should be absorbing, any of those key nutrients, because it's constantly fighting everything that's coming at it that the body doesn't want. Mm-hmm. So we have this ongoing battle right now with an invisible enemy, which is stress. And that's why we're seeing so many people degrade and it's happening rapidly mm-hmm. and it's happening all around us physically. in America, especially we're seeing 
the physical degradation of the human body in such a pronounced way compared to a lot of other countries. And the same thing with mental health, and that's actually happening up here in Canada as well. Like anxiety and depression are just skyrocketing. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so much of it is because we are in a battle and we're in a battle with something that is in some ways not real, only perceived. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So part of what yoga teaches and mindfulness practice teaches is we need to find tools where everything changes and nothing changes at the same time. Mm. So I can't switch the fact that my kids go to schools in two different towns and have extracurricular activities in two different towns. Mm -hmm. And I have four Zoom meetings today and one yoga class to teach or all of these different things. If that can't change, something else has to change, which is my relationship to it. Yes. Yeah. So it's how can we shift that so that it's not triggering me into fight or flight sympathetic. Mm -hmm. And so this is what mindfulness does. It's a way of shifting perception. Mm -hmm. And this is what yoga does and giving us tools like pranayama breath work, which actually are ways to trick the body into the parasympathetic. Mm -hmm. In 60 seconds, I can shift somebody from their sympathetic nervous system into the parasympathetic, just with breath. Mm -hmm. Something everyone can do. It's absolutely free and it's not complicated. By slowing your breath down and moving into the lower lobes of your lungs, your body goes, oh, guess what? She's breathing into the lower lobe of the lung, which means she's not running and there's no perceived threat around us because we can only breathe low and slow when we're in an environment that's safe. Could you lead us in a, in a quick breathing little exercise? Yes. Yeah. So okay. there's a really easy one to do this. And I do it for myself as well, especially because even me as a yogi, who's very aware of this, I'll be driving and we're going to be late. And that starts coming up and I feel it here, the, the fire, mm -hmm. my chest, right? Same. Yep. And then I, I, I check myself. If I'm having a wise moment, I check myself and go, hold on. Wait a minute. No tiger. There's no tiger here. Mm -hmm. This is perceived threat. It's not real. Don't be the rushed woman mm. because the rushed woman is killing women. That it's that feeling of grip. That's actually really having a lot of impact on women. Don't, you can be a rushed woman, but don't feel like one. Mm. So let's shift out of that feeling. So what I would do is soften my shoulders and then mm -hmm. just do three rounds of a, a breathing technique called Veloma Pranayama. So I'll lead you through it right now. Just put your hands in your lap. What this breathing technique is, is it's an interrupted inhale and then a full exhale. So it's a way of getting us to move our breath all the way down into the lower lobes, which is what we want. So it's really easy to follow and I will lead you right through it. So wherever you are on your breathing cycle right now, just start to exhale. Then inhale through your nose, pause, inhale a little bit more, pause, inhale to the top of your lungs, hold, and exhale, let it all go. Do that again. Inhale, pause, inhale, pause, 
Inhale to the top. Hold. Exhale, release. One last round. Inhale. Pause. Another sip. Pause. Inhale to the top. Hold. Exhale, let it all go. And just observe your breath for about three cycles of breath, breathing normally. Notice the texture of your breath, even the temperature of your breath as it moves in and out through your nose. So something as simple as that can reset the way that you're breathing, can reset the way that you're feeling inside your body. And again, nothing's changed. I'm still driving towards whatever the thing is. We're still going to be five minutes late. But now the way that I feel about that has changed. And my body is not wearing the brunt of the stress impact. And when we encounter stress, you know, Eleni, I know you know all of this in way more than I do, but when we get that cortisol hit, when cortisol spikes, there is a cascade of hormones that goes through our body, whether we want it to or not. And it's going to start to trigger certain reactions in our body and certain things are going to happen. And in small doses, our body is very equipped to deal with those spikes in cortisol, but in longer doses and over time, higher levels of of cortisol really are not beneficial to the human body. And they end up causing things like anxiety and depression because of the, the cascade of hormones that's constantly happening. And we can shift down into the gut too. And I love this correlation with yoga and everything, which is that we don't have a localized mind. And a lot of mm -hmm. people know this if they really sit with that idea for a moment you know that your mind is not just up here in your brain. Mm. And women especially can identify with this. Mm -hmm. You have knowings in your body somewhere. You know information. You know how to make a decision, not from your brain. You can actually, why do we have the saying, I had a gut instinct. Mm -hmm. I felt it in my gut. He made my gut turn, mm -hmm. right? Or the heart. The heart has so much, there are brain cells in the cells in the heart, similar to the brain that know. And so we can feel things in our heart. We actually have, again, these physical associations. So there's so much in the gut and the enteric nervous system as well. And there's a lot of, again, science coming out about the vagus nerve and that how the vagus nerve is the, the connecting point between the gut and the brain. And yoga for thousands of years has been working on toning the vagus nerve. That's what yoga does. Mm -hmm. It tone, it helps to create vagal tone. And so our ability to have a healthy connection between the gut brain and the brain in our head is very dependent on that nerve. So everything that we're doing that's allowing stress to permeate us regularly is disrupting that communication. And so yoga is an opportunity to help restore the communication between the gut and the mind and to restore our own sense of inner intuition on how to navigate things, which helps us feel less stressed when our actions are in alignment with the way that we're actually feeling inside. 
So I do try to bring a lot of awareness as well about the gut and about hormone function to a lot of my clients and people that I'm working with because everyone likes to put things into a box. Well, I want to fix my stress. Well, we can't just mm -hmm. fix that if we don't also talk about all these other things. Or I just want to work on, you know, this one area, my sleep. Well, that's also going to be related to cortisol because we can't have he healthy melatonin uptake if we're having dysregulation in cortisol and dopamine uptake and serotonin uptake. If you're not uptaking those chemicals from your gut and everyone thinks those come from your brain, your happiness hormones don't come from your brain. They come from your belly. And mm -hmm. if our belly isn't healthy, then you're not having those happiness hormones. And if those aren't happening, melatonin doesn't get produced later on, and then you can't sleep. And mm -hmm. then if we all know, if you can't sleep, nothing's working. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's insane. Everything yeah. is harder if you're not sleeping. And so yeah. We, everything is interconnected and interrelated. And that's what yoga teaches is unity. Everything is related to everything else. So to work on one thing, we have to work on the whole thing. And yoga uh, and Ayurveda, which is the sister science to yoga, it looks at the human being as multi-layered. So Anamaya Kosha is the physical sheath of the body. We look at how to heal the tissues. Pranamaya Kosha is the energy of the body. We've got all Manamaya Kosha, the thoughts and emotions. Um, Vijanamaya Kosha, which is intuition, where we have the knowing come from. And all are in relationship with one another. So we have to look at them all as a whole. So it's why I bring in nutrition when I'm also teaching about yoga, which is what we're bringing into our body our body is made of what we eat. My finger, you know, is the mango I ate yesterday, you know? So it's, that's what, what we're made of is the food that we put into our body. And then our ability to take that food in is how our body is working. So we're looking at how to enhance the workings. So any way we can look at shifting out of our habituation to the stress pattern is going to help your nutrition is going to help your sleep. It's going to help your mood, which is amazing. It's going to help your skin. It's going to help your digestion. It's going to help your metabolism. It's go it, it helps the way that you feel in your body. There's It's all related and nothing is separate. Mm -hmm. Amazing. I uh, love it. I yeah. First of all, that breathing practice was like, oh, it was so restorative. It I was, still feel I, good from it right now. Yeah. Yes, I still feel good. My daughter's seven months uh, old and she's in the middle of a sleep regression and we haven't slept yeah. in like three weeks. And so I feel you so deeply on that level of like, mm -hmm. nothing works right when you're not getting sleep. Mm -hmm. And even just that moment of breathing reset so many things for me because it's hard I always tell my clients when I work with them, it's hard to know that you're not feeling well when you never feel well, because that just becomes your baseline. So what allows you to know when you're not feeling well is to start feeling well. Otherwise it's always just the same. So it was amazing how much I didn't realize I was like, my shoulders were so tensed. I always hold a lot of stress in my neck. So I get headaches if I'm stressed like immediately. And it's amazing how much that all just like the level just lowered and my body relaxed. And I didn't even realize how much I was holding that from just 
existing through another day after another sleepless night. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it's uh been there. <laughs> yes. I think too, I was just reading some research that actually the gut has as many, if not more, neuronal connections than the brain. Yeah. So we think of the brain as this main epicenter of our body for communication. But in reality, the gut has just as many, if not more avenues for communication with the body. And so, and it directly communicates with the brain and the brain yeah. directly communicates with the gut. And that relationship within our body is unique. And uh, it's so interesting that we're so dismissive as a society in general, I think, of those gut instincts, gut intuition. When we talk about that, it's usually largely attributed to like women thinking mm -hmm. emotionally, you know, or like thinking mm -hmm. with their emotions. Mm -hmm. And it's always this thing that's kind of portrayed, I would say, almost as a weakness like we think with our guts instead of with our brains and we need to just think with our brains because that's the logical part of our bodies. And it's, there's so much that we have to unravel mm -hmm. as a society to get back to honoring the ancient wisdom of our bodies and our gut communication where it literally has as many ways to communicate with us as our brain has. Why wouldn't we listen to it? Like, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yep. And I, oh. I work with clients all the time and I ask them always where are when, it's when we're talking about emotional things, where are you feeling that in your body? And so much, so much wisdom does come right from the gut. And a great question to ask too is, especially with women, how many times have you listened to your gut and then it was wrong? Mm -hmm. Hardly ever. But how Hardly many ever. times have you chosen to not listen to your gut and then something happened that you'd wish you'd listen to your gut? <laughs> Absolutely. That happens all the time, right? Because we are going, oh, no, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to listen to what I've been taught, mm -hmm. which is that analytical, logical side, which mm -hmm. logic serves us quite well. But mm -hmm. there is a fusion. Again, everything's interconnected. We need to fuse logic with gut instinct and that deeper listening and honor that. I love that word. So I um, also have shut down my feelings and I just, and I'm Enneagram seven. So I think I'm in the thinking center and I'm all thought and no feeling. I shut that down a long time ago. So I'm learning to tune into my feelings, but I heard someone say this, does this feel like it's right that when you're feeling, if the answer is a kind of a no, it's going to feel heavier and darker where if it, yeah, and constricting. And if it, if the answer is good for you, you're going to feel lighter and slower and brighter. So I literally have not tapped into that concept in like 35 years. So now I try to be like, I'm like, am I light and airy or am I constricted? I have to like really think about it because I'm just not accustomed to that at all. Um, yeah. So I do need to work on that. And then the other thing, I, I wonder if this plays a part. Um, have you heard when Olympic athletes, when they go to do a performance, they have that feeling where they're like, oh, I'm scared, but they describe it as I'm excited. 
where another person might say I'm scared. So then I'm like, well, wait, then is it just perception? Am I just telling myself I'm excited or scared? Or what What are your thoughts on all of this? Of I, I'm not quite tapped in on listening right to my body is what I'm saying. You know what, Kay, you're, you're the norm now, yeah. though. That yeah. we've been taught to not listen. Yeah. And so it's like everything else. If you were, you know, if I give you a bike and say, start riding the bike, you're fully capable of riding a bike, but you don't know how, because you mm -hmm. haven't learned and you haven't practiced it. So it doesn't mean that in two days, you won't be a master at riding a bike. If you mm -hmm. put some good effort into it, um, it's really just that we're out of practice and we've been discouraged. Mm -hmm. And I like what you described there though, of when you do invite yourself to do it and you're asking that deep question, mm -hmm. what you're doing is you're pausing and you're trying to become aware of what's happening in the present moment. And that's mindfulness. Mm. Mindfulness is pausing in the moment and saying, what is truly happening inside of me mm. instead of an expectation of what you think is happening inside of you. And the thing that I speak about in my classes all the time is when you go at it with expectation, expectation comes with limitation. Mm. Expectation and limitation go hand in hand because you're deciding the way that something is and you're not being open to the unknown of mm -hmm. what could mm -hmm. be. So you want to go in with curiosity and openness and look for sensation mm -hmm. instead of expectation or limitation. What is the sensation? Go, don't even ask the word, am I contracting or am I expanding? Cause that's mm -hmm. limited to ah. only two things. Yeah. Go in with, what am I feeling right now? And yeah. where am I feeling it? It make in order to feel, you have to get still. You have to go inward and yeah. take a moment and explore and just with curiosity, hmm, I'm feeling up. You know, you and I both had that moment where we felt mm -hmm. the fire here when we were talking yep. about that. Yep. I'm feeling fire at my chest mm -hmm. or I'm feeling heavy in my belly. So where is it? And you'll get better at it. Just like riding the bike and just take the moment, do the practice, check in and be curious and open and sort of see what's going on. But mm -hmm. I do think that there is something to energy. Energy is directional. So when energy is contracting and getting smaller and tighter, or is energy moving outward and becoming more expansive, um, that is very telling for me. Mm. So if something is becoming finite, that's kind of rigid and stuck. Whereas if something is expanding, there's possibilities that maybe even I can't imagine yet. And that's usually where I want to go is knowing the unknown. And then that idea too, mm. of, you know, courage, I think that's maybe the word that, that line between being scared and excited. Yeah. I think that's what courage is. Courage has its own mm. sensation. So courage is a mixture of both things. When you're being courageous, uh. you're a little bit scared because there's something you're doing that requires a bit of bravery, yes. but you're choosing to do it anyways, which means you're mm. also a little bit excited about it. So I would say Brilliant. that that's that line of like, yeah. scared is I want to run away from it and I'm going yeah. to, and excited is I fully want to run towards it and I'm not worried about anything courage is somewhere for me in the middle where it's like that I'm choice. Feeling, yes. Yeah. I'm feeling both things right now, yeah. but I'm to step forward feeling both things. 
that was so helpful. Thank you. Like, thank you. I lose sleep over these kind of questions. So thank you. That cleared it up a lot. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that's so wise. I think that's so true because I, I always like to remind myself that being brave does not mean being unafraid. Being yeah. brave is choosing to move towards the thing, even yeah. though it scares you. Yeah. And I think we confuse that as a society so often anyway of like, oh, I'm not brave because I'm afraid of doing all these things. Well, that's not, nobody is unafraid of everything unless something in their brain is not working. Everybody has fears. It's when you choose to go towards it. And I love how you described that courage because there is an element of excitement that you have when you are deliberately choosing to go into the fear instead of like running away from it. I love that. Cause you are a little bit excited. I've heard that. Um, okay. What you talked about, I've heard that on various like uh, self betterment mm-hmm. podcasts and books where they're, they're saying, instead of saying I'm scared, say I'm excited. And I always feel like for me, that's never really felt real because I'm like, but I'm not excited. But there is something that's exciting about going and doing something that you're afraid of because you know that you're going to do it and you're going to feel awesome after you do it because you chose, (laughs) you chose to be courageous. And that is a good feeling. And you are excited about that. Like, I'm going to feel so awesome after this because I faced my fears. Like, yeah. Anyway, I love that courage being the center point. I love that. that. I'm taking that in my brain forever. That is so brilliant. And I wanted to say too, that a lot of times I think that me or modern people think in this world that it's like, oh man, if I just didn't have any stressors, I'd be happy, right? Like if I lived in a vacuum, all would be good, but I have all those stressors, like you said, like, Mm -hmm. you know, all the things on our to-do list. But then thinking about what you said, that um, courage is that thing of like, people are happiest when they have like, when they're empowered, when they have agency and they have gratitude and they're mindful, like that's kind of an equation for a happier state. So even in our world where we have all these stressors, it's not saying all the stressors need to go away because that can't happen. It's like, we do have bills. We're we're all going to have bills, but it's like to have to say to yourself, well, I have the courage. I have the power within myself to, you know, earn money this way or earn money this way or not spend money or whatever, but to really be like, wow, to have the courage to know that you have the agency to do things in the mindful way. That's such a recipe for like sanity. It's so brilliant. Anyway, just throwing all that out there. (laughs) Everything changes and nothing changes at the same time is really what it is. Crazy. So how do we, how do we shift that? And you know, when you were just describing for a moment there too, Eleni, like that idea of going towards something and how much better you're going to feel after you do. That's what happens every time I step onto my mat. That's what yoga is to me. It's I'm choosing to go into this practice and do things that I think are impossible. And then somehow they become possible and Mm -hmm. are a little bit uncomfortable and sort of scary, or I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do it or if I'm strong enough to do it, or if I'm flexible enough to do it, but I'm just going to go and sort of see what happens. And then you end up coming out the other end, just going, wow, I, I met all these moments where there was uncertainty. I met all these moments where there was a little bit of fear or excitement and I came out the other side. So it's, 
I love the yoga is called a practice because it is us getting to practice how to do that over and over again, and then take that out into the world in the situations that we end up meeting. And how can I keep my cool while X, Y, and Z are still happening? I so, love that. So yeah. for our listeners who are like listening at all to this podcast and probably feeling like I am right now, which is like, I want to start this today. Mm-hmm. What is the best starting point for somebody with zero yoga experience? They've never done a minute of yoga in their life. Um, where can that person or like mindfulness practicing any of those meditation, mindfulness, yoga, somebody who has zero experience with that, what can they do today to begin that journey? So the best thing that I would encourage anyone who's in that boat to do is come onto our website. Everyone who is listening uh, is going to get access to all that we have to offer. We do have a lot of content that's free, but like the best of the best stuff is under our premium subscription. And we're giving you three months free on diogothme.com to experience all of our programs, all of our classes. And what I would do is I would sign up and go onto the practice site and choose a challenge. So Mm -hmm. we've curated, I think, almost 30 challenges now under different Mm -hmm. topics. And so there are beginners challenges. We've got lots of them, like five, six. Some of them are seven days long. Some of them are 14 days. Some are 30 days. And there are a variety of classes at the beginner level that are going to help you create the foundation. And it takes all the guesswork out. It's not you going, well, which teacher should I choose or which class should I choose? We do it for you. We say, here's your package. And every day it tells you what class to do. And we also have that for things like meditation or, you know, learning the different breathing techniques. So there's these little packages for you that just help take all the guesswork out. If you really don't know where to start, that's what I would definitely go to. We also have intermediate challenges, which my classes are in those ones. So once you feel like you've got a foundation in yoga and you're feeling a little more confident, you want to add that extra challenge, you go into the intermediate ones and we've got lots of intermediate challenges. We also have um, a really great program on there that David leads that's called um, uh, Yoga for Anxiety. Mm. And it's an amazing 30-day program that helps anyone who's dealing with stress. And it's lots of these little micro practices that will help you just kind of take a little bit of air out of that overly taunt balloon. Just kind of deflate things a little bit to make you feel a little bit more calm. If anyone's struggling with sleep, we have some amazing, they're called yoga nidra. So there are little meditations that help you to sleep. And uh, Jennifer Piercy is one that is on there and her yoga nidra has become world famous actually. So people from around the world do this on a regular basis because it's just such a great sleep aid. So lots of resources on there to start with right away. So I would just go in there and choose a beginner challenge if you're a beginner or an intermediate challenge if you're intermediate and just start to find ways to integrate yoga into your life. The other thing that I think is really cool about our site is the idea of uh, reality. So I have two kids and I know at different points in my life, doing a full 60 minute yoga practice was not very realistic. Mm -hmm. So we have classes all the way from like a five minute shuffle to just reshake off your energy. 
So five minutes to 10 minutes to 20 minutes to 30 minutes to 60 minutes to 90 minutes. We've got classes in all of those zones and you can filter by time. So if time is a challenge for you and you're trying to find some, some new way to get this into your life, just go on there and dabble with doing the shorter practices in the beginning. And that's do yoga with me.com. Yes. And okay. in the show notes under this, I will put the coupon code for everyone to get their free three month subscription using the code. And you'll just be able to pop it in at checkout and, and start your yoga journey. Amazing. That sounds awesome. so cool. The anxiety one. I'm like, I have so many people I can send that one to the 30 yeah. anxiety, like, yes forward to all. That's amazing. And you also do retreats. Do you, is that open to the public or how, how's that? Yeah, it is. They're all posted on diogothme.com. We have a little retreat section. I actually get to leave in a little less than a month and uh, go to Mexico and yes. teach two back to back retreats. So this year I'm down there for two full weeks, which is amazing. Oh, and that's amazing. It's a place that we've been going for about five or six years now leading retreats. And we have a really great relationship. We're very conscious with the types of retreat centers we choose. Mm -hmm. And this one in particular is in a small town and was built by a naturopathic doctor. And it just got bigger and bigger over the years. And she built a Waldorf school in the town itself. She employs people from the town. She's a giant organic farm that's run by people in the town. It's just, it's such a beautiful place to go and be in support and to be part of. So wow. yeah, get to go That's there. Amazing. And Magic. up here in Columbia, we've got another retreat center that we use. So yeah, if you want to go and do yoga around the world, you can check out our retreat section. Life amazing. is good. That sounds amazing. Um, thank you so much for your story today. And like, you are truly living your like life Dharma. And like, I like literally see light radiate radiating off of you. Like, this is really cool that you found your your path, your lit path, and that you walked yeah. down and kept going. That's awesome. So um, tell us, like, I, I know we want to respect your time too. And I could yeah. sit here and talk with you for probably another four hours, uh -huh. but maybe for our listeners, if they're, if let's say they would choose to begin this practice today, mm -hmm. what are a few things that they might, I won't say expect to feel, but what are a few things that they might see change in their life, in their well-being? What are some of those things that we could look forward to? <laughs> yeah. So I think it, what it comes down to is again, this idea that everything is interconnected. So if you change one thing, you're changing everything. So mm -hmm. when we release tension, when you, when you do a practice that's going to release tension in your body, you're going to feel the release of tension in all aspects of your life. So that's what re people really begin to experience through yoga is yoga does the work. It doesn't matter why you're coming to the mat. If you're coming because like me, I had back pain, or if you're coming because, you know, your friend told you to come or your doctor said you need to go, or you want to, you know, look really good in your yoga pants, whatever it is, the reason that you came to the mat, you'll get all those things, but you're going to get a lot more because again, we're working on the subconscious and the subtle body. So you're going to start to feel ease in your body when we feel more ease in our body, we're more spacious in our energy and in our mind, your perception begins to shift. And that, that's that slow 
turn that happens. The way you see the world and yourself in the world begins to change because you go onto the mat one day and that pose over there is impossible. I'm never going to be able to do that. And then two weeks later, you're doing it. So now you've just told your subconscious something that was impossible for me is now possible for me. So it changes the way that you see things. There are no more rigid boundaries around that. Nothing is then fixed. So that's really what I see is people loosening up in all ways possible. Their body loosens up a little bit. Their mind loosens up a little bit. Their hearts loosen up a little bit. So it's that idea of just becoming a bit more spacious. I love it. That sounds great. <laughs> yep. Yep. I, I told you earlier, I broke up with yoga a little bit, but I'm, I'm back. You have me back on the train. And oh, I'm gonna, good. Yeah. I'm gonna go. I would Snow love day, to go do it today. To one of my classes, take one of my classes and send me an email afterwards. I want to hear your experience. Absolutely. I absolutely will. Sounds perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And I know we, we didn't really get into the hormone piece today, but I love the conversation that we've had. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like we just want We'll want to have you back and talk about that piece as well. And our oh, hormones there's so much, yeah, there's so much to that. And I feel we wouldn't do the topic justice if we tried to cover no. it now or, in a few yeah. minutes. So yeah. I think that's its own episode. So we'll, for those of you who are listening and want to hear more from Fiji, we'll definitely have her back on again to talk about that piece. But I think, you know, we've covered really so much of how the body is impacted by stress on an on the surface level, you know, we've kind of, we didn't dive super deep into any topic, but, but covering how much stress impacts us physically, mentally, emotionally, such good imagery. When we picture, you know, it's the equivalent of being chased by that bear or by that tiger 24 hours a day. You can imagine how that would feel. And we really are feeling that way all the time. We've just gotten so accustomed to it. We don't realize it anymore. So I love the idea of being very intentional about setting time aside every day to move out of, again, out of that stress ball state, because like we said, you don't know that you're feeling poorly until you start to feel better. And I think that will bring so much consciousness to it of like taking this 20 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever, and really focusing on releasing that tension, because then that will enable you throughout the day to be more aware of when you're holding that tension of when it's building up. And then you can make conscious decisions at that point to do a couple deep breaths, some of that interrupted breathing, let it go. But I think we are so unaware that we're even feeling that, that we don't have the opportunity to make those conscious decisions throughout our day. So I think this is such a great starting point for so many of our listeners just to begin this mindfulness practice today in a really simple way. Mm -hmm. I hope so. (laughs) I I know so. (laughs) And I'm going to go like do my breathing like all day. I'm just going to be doing the (laughs) Fiji to my kids. We got a whole thing going here now. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, Fiji, thank you so much for all that you do in the world and that I just appreciate um, very go-getter personalities that just really followed their, their passion with hard work and it pays off and it's incredible. And I look forward to having you back on for the hormone talk. Thank you. Look forward to it as well. All right. Well, thank you, Fiji. 
Yep. Thanks for our interview today, Fiji. And to our listeners, go be renegades. Go be renegades. Thank you for listening to the Renegade Nutrition Podcast. Please keep in mind that this podcast is an educational service that provides general health information. The content on this podcast is not a substitute for direct, personal, professional medical care and diagnosis. You should always talk to your doctor before making a dietary or lifestyle change. Go be renegades! Go be renegades!